welcome to the 5G-powered use cases of the DoD series part two, augmented reality training and operations podcast hosted on Government Technology Insider. I'm your host, Matt Langan. AR and VR are at the forefront of warfighters and support teams across the DoD. AR and VR not only support training, but can also be used to improve and enable proficiency on the job, maximize operational abilities, and minimize classroom training so workers can be productive sooner. And 5G and mobile edge computing are helping make these advanced technologies a reality today. With AR and VR capabilities, the DoD warfighters and workforce can be better connected for training and much more. In part two of this series, we are speaking with Dominic Badaducci, who is the product strategy manager for device technology at Verizon, and Kelly Malone, who's the chief business officer at Tactile. And Tactile is an industry-leading provider of augmented work instructions and remote assistance solutions for industry and defense. And Dominic and Kelly will be discussing how augmented reality using 5G can help shape the DoD. And Dominic and Kelly, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Glad to be here, Matt. Yeah, yeah. It's great to have you both. And let's start with the topic of challenges. So what are some of the challenges that the DOD is facing when it comes to mission readiness? And we'll start with Dominic on this one. Yeah, thanks, Matt. So, you know, I think it's really important to start off with defining what mission readiness is and what it really represents. It's going to be the DOD's ability to not just be ready, but understand, plan, program, and fulfill mission responsibilities and their objectives. So when that all comes together, you're not just talking about making sure your people are up to speed, but also that your equipment, it's the who and the what. And so being able to make sure that everything is optimized and ready to go at a moment's notice is going to be critically important. And because it has so many facets to it, there's really no silver bullet for ensuring you have mission readiness because it represents a lot of people working together with a lot of different solutions. I don't know, Kelly, you want to expand on that? Well, yeah, I think that the other thing that's important to note is that the systems and platforms that our soldiers are expected to support and maintain and operate are becoming increasingly more sophisticated as well. So at the same time, you know, the DOD has a mandate to try to deploy smaller, more autonomous teams, which means that you have, you know, fewer specialists to be able to operate and maintain the sophisticated equipment or increasingly sophisticated equipment. All right. Great insights from both of you. Appreciate that. So can you explain the differences and similarities really between AR and VR? And we'll actually start with Kelly on this one. Yeah, absolutely. I think everybody is probably familiar with VR, you know, where in a way it transports the user in an immersive environment to another place. Now, that other place could be reality that's captured in some way that they're transported to, or it could actually be completely computer generated, you know, CGI type of environments. And it can consist of you know, 3D objects that represent real-world equivalents, right? Oftentimes, we refer to that as digital twins. And then training can be performed on top of these digital twins or within these virtual environments. Augmented reality conversely overlays information 
on top of what we view as the real world uh, in situ. So in this environment, you can incorporate things like digital twins. You can incorporate various, you know, 3D objects over the top of the real. In mixed reality, which is kind of a fusing of these, you can even spatially anchor some of that 3D content or that digital content over a real world environment. And so we're really seeing a blurring of the lines or a conversion between these two worlds. We have virtual reality platform providers who are enabling augmented reality capabilities by using, you know, pass through on the camera. And then we have folks who are dealing with kind of the augmented or mixed reality devices and platforms, creating more immersive experiences by darkening the lenses and en enabling a similar experience to what somebody might see inside of VR. That's awesome. Thanks, Kelly. Appreciate those insights. Dominic, anything to add to that one? Yeah. You know, when I think about AR and VR, you know, I start and I compare it to what existed before. If you look at any object, if you look at a, a motor vehicle, the engine block of it, you can only see what's right in front of you. And with the evolution of mixed reality, augmented reality, or virtual reality, those capabilities are enabling users to see in more detail what they're looking at right in front of them. You know, if you think of you know, annotating an essay or annotating something you're reading, you're adding insights and information on top of what's in front of you. And AR and VR effectively doing the same thing, but from a visual perspective, where you can increase the fidelity and increase the amount of information you're able to digest and then act upon once you have actionable insights that are that you can almost see and touch. And yeah, I'll just add to that. You have the ability in some instances to even create, um, you know, like the ability inside something. So almost like x-ray vision as well. So there's some really interesting uh, use cases and capabilities once you begin to mix the real world with the virtual. That's great. So how can defense take advantage of augmented reality use cases that take advantage of 5G and mobile edge computing. And we'll start with Dominic on that one. Yeah, thanks, Matt. It's really exciting to you know look at augmented reality and virtual reality through the lens of 5G and mobile edge compute. When we think about two of the core tenets of 5G, that's ability to have high bandwidth and access to low latency through solutions like mobile edge computing, you really start unlocking the full complement of capabilities that comes with the utilization of augmented reality and virtual reality. Taking into mind that these use cases consume and utilize a lot of data, you need to ensure that that data can be visualized or seen by the user in as close to real time as possible. When we talk about real time, we talk about where you know data traditionally travels today, we use the term round trip time. That would be the time it takes for a single data packet to travel from the end user device to a cloud instance. So it could be a big data center. I'm in DC. I could be using my phone and a data packet has to travel to Herndon, Virginia, and then back. That round trip time traditionally can take, you know, 100, 200, 300 milliseconds. But when we're talking about low latency compute and leveraging something like mobile edge compute, we're reducing that latency down to single or double digit milliseconds. And what that means in the context of AR and VR 
especially for mission readiness, it's that these tools become as effective as a hammer or wrench is, where you are actually using them in real time to uh, maintain your equipment, to train your personnel, to give them as a real world experience uh, behind the screen or behind the lens as they would experience when they're hands-on in front of an engine block or any piece of equipment that they're maintaining. All right. Great insights there, Dominic. Kelly, anything to add to that when it comes to use cases and defense? Yeah, I'll, I mean, just drill down a little bit on what Dom mentioned, you know, a couple of primary use cases that we see. Um, one is very common one would be something that they refer to as a reach back capability, commonly referred to in the technology world as remote assistance, where you have, you know, basically augmented or mixed reality aided remote assist where a remote expert or subject matter expert is essentially seen through the eyes of a remote operator or maintainer and able to interact with their environment and assist them in troubleshooting or solving problem. Um, then of course we have very common, uh, capability of enabling augmented work instructions. So, you know, the, those, uh, technical orders or technical manuals, those step-by-step -step instructions, being able to overlay that on top of the real world equipment or digital twins. So such that an operator or maintainer can follow the step-by-step -step instructions with spatial indicators, um, you know, mixed reality, um, uh, assistance such as, you know, digital ink overlaid on top of that. And then things like pictures and videos, those are all helpful use cases that enable, uh, preventative maintenance checks and services, as well as maintenance execution and even operational familiarity. Uh, I'll also just add that the DOD a couple of years ago, um, they uh, announced an investment of $600 million to really dig into exploring 5G and we're on a couple of those programs. And then more specifically to this uh, remote assistance, augmented work instructions to perform, you know, PMCS and maintenance procedures. Uh, you know, one of the branches has committed 75 to $100 million in, um, in a, one of our programs for supporting that capability over the next five years. So uh, there's real money behind this as well as real world use cases. That's great. Uh, can you share some examples of augmented reality use cases really found outside of defense in say civilian agencies or even the state and local space? And Ke I will go with Kelly on this one. Certainly. Well, you know, in the state and local space, you know, we've seen utilities, um, uh, water treatment, wastewater, um, treatment plants utilizing this technology for for training capabilities. Uh, one of the top segments that we work in is also manufacturing. So on manufacturing shop floors, uh, we have uh, customers like uh, Midwest Manufacturer, PBC Linear, or um, uh, manufacturer that many people have heard of, Fastenal, who are utilizing this technology to uh, train and transfer knowledge from the, um, you know, the, that equipment that they need to operate on the shop floor. Um, we've also seen this in MRO, so maintenance, repair, and operations for 
uh, aircraft and, um, and aircraft propulsion. Um, and then even things like data center operations and staffing and, and, and skilling folks to be able to perform, uh, complex tasks and skilled work instructions in that environment as well. Thanks, Kelly. So what can agencies do today to transform their training with AR capabilities? And we'll actually stick with Kelly on this one to start. Yeah, I mean, I'll start with, um, we talked a little bit about digital twins at the beginning. And, you know, one of the benefits of incorporating this technology with the use of digital twins is that you don't need to take a key piece of equipment out of operation to facilitate the training as long as maybe you did in the future or, or sorry, in the past. So, you know, imagine um, a, a really expensive aircraft or piece of machinery that you have to, you know, decommission or take out of operation such that people can get the, the time on the equipment to, to learn it. Well, you can prevent a lot of that by training them on the digital twin or the virtual equivalent to get them familiar with it. So that when they do have access to the real world object, they're much more efficient and they're much well be better prepared to um, take advantage of that real world access. Of course, you know, there's no um, substitute for being able to have hands on access to the real world equipment. But we do we can use this technology to get people further down that that training pipeline before we actually need to get them on the equipment and then. When they do have access to it, they can make much, um, you know, they can make much more progress uh, quickly. Um, the other thing that I'll mention is, you know, that this is a wave that is well, you know, uh, like it, it's well in progress. It's, it's not in the future. This is happening now. And so, um, it's important for companies to think about doing their digital transformation today for their work procedures and for their training and upskilling. And so, um, you know, I, I would say that, um, it's also just important to consider, um, getting started on this if you haven't already. Awesome. Thanks, Kelly. Dominic, anything to add to that one? Well, you know, I always like to bring conversations around full circle and Within Verizon, we always talk about the voice of the customer and how important our customer's perspective is. If we take that same paradigm and we apply it to an agency where the agency is the company and the, you know, the unit or the soldier is the customer, they need to consider their customer and they are, but the results speak for themselves. And if mission readiness is really the goal, then you should really be looking to, you know, draw out that ROI, reduce the time for your soldiers to be trained and equipped with the information to be able to be effective in their jobs. But then also consider the working environment and consider the other tools, the enabling tools and capabilities that are going to make this, uh, that are going to further this technology, like private networks in your hangars, in your garages, where your fleets are stored. You know, start considering what does your environment need to look like to you know, take this technology to the next level and fully adopt it. Because as Kelly was saying, this isn't technology for the future. This technology is ready today. And the industry has been dipping their toe in this for a long time. And they're starting to make a splash. So the time is now. And agencies should really start looking at this as a viable option 
for mission readiness and preparedness and training and not just something to start exploring. All right, great. Well, this concludes the 5G-powered use cases of the DoD Series Part 2, Augmented Reality Training and Operations podcast hosted on Government Technology Insider. We're Dominic Badaducci, who is the Product Strategy Manager for Device Technology at Verizon, and Kelly Malone, Chief Business Officer at Tactile, discussed how augmented reality using 5G can shape the future of the DoD. And Dominic and Kelly, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Matt. Thank you.